Yo, what's going on? You got the 7-2 Mindset Investor here with another podcast. Hey, I can't wait for you guys to meet Dahlia here. We get real raw and authentic. So if you like this content, I want you to hit the like button below and subscribe to this channel. Here's some information about Delia, by the way. Delia is actually a co-author of mine on a book that we're creating called Hit for the Mind. So welcome, Delia. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure having you. Pleasure having you. We met, uh, well, we got introduced to each other um, through Impact Theory University. Um, yes. And there was a, I believe what it was, was Tom had actually had it was early on, so there was, a, I think, a Zoom call with Tom. And mm -hmm. then someone had actually created a satellite group. And I, I think I went to that group just to see what was going on. Um, mm -hmm. We we spoke briefly there. And then you just sent me a text right after that. And it, it's almost a year ago. Could yeah. I wrong? Yep. We're coming up on a year. Yep. <laughs> wow. Wow. So much, has right? happened, so much has happened in a year. Amazing things have happened in a year. It's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, let's let's first and uh, let's talk about you, and that's who the you know the audience wants to hear more about you. So, Delia, let's talk about yourself. Where are you from? Um, you know what you do, and uh, let's go. And really, and really, you know, your your humble upbringings as well. Oh wow. Um, so you want the whole thing? So I'm a girl from Philly. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a I'm the youngest. I have two older brothers, so I have a pretty ratchet, rough side of me. Mm -hmm. um, grew up playing basketball from second grade to high school because my brothers never played sports. So I was my dad's last hope to have somebody <laughs> play sports to go to a game for. Mm -hmm. um, and I do. Well, currently I may, I'm creating my company, The Written Podcast Agency. So that's an exciting adventure for me. I also have my own cash show between the highlights where I like to highlight guests like yourself. You've been on my show before and I enjoy writing. I'm a writer at heart. I do. I identify more as a non-creative fiction writer, um, as a creative non-fiction writer, not a non-creative. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm glad I caught that. Um, yeah, I identify as a creative non-fiction writer. Um, but I really enjoy writing. That's like at the heart of everything that I do. Uh, I have so many things coming in the pipeline uh, since coming into Impact Theory University, joining with people like yourself, all around mindset, just the things that I've been open to and the healing that I've been through and the journey that I've been taking as far as learning what my narrative was, my limiting beliefs and overcoming all of that to just get to the point where I am now that I have. I don't know that I would say I'm 100% fully unleashed, but I'm getting close to it. I feel like I'm warming up and I'm ready to take shit by storm. So that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, no. So, you know, Arame had, had shared, you know, she has her, her program and it's just get it, get it out, which I just love. I love that oh, because because yeah. it's, you know, people search outward, but they shouldn't be searching outward. They got to search inward because it's all mm -hmm. in us. And that's where the potential is. So when that that moment for you like you're pushing hard on all of this but what was that i mean why okay let's backtrack here why jump on impact theory like obviously something said to you i gotta i gotta watch this and now i gotta mm -hmm. get connected what was that for you 
Well, 2017 was around the time I started following Tom Bilyeu with Impact Theory and um, Inside Quest. I think it's called, it was called Inside Quest. Um, yep. That was around the time that I started watching it. I've always had an itch to do a lot more, but through failed marriage, through life experiences, through family, and just kind of losing yourself in the process of living. Um, a lot of that got covered up. A lot of it was lost, you know, to the wind for a while. Um, ending my marriage and then going through that part of my journey as a single parent has taken years. But coming into Impact Theory last year um, was a choice that I made consciously out of COVID. It was the first time in my life since I was 14 that I was unemployed. <laughs> I've never been unemployed. I've never not worked. I've had no idea what to do with myself. I'm a high energy, go, go, go type of person. I do not sit at home. I have no desire to stay in the house. Like that's not me. So I was kind of losing my shit a little bit. And then I saw that uh, Tom had the mindset 101. When previously, when he first came out with Impact Theory University, I had excuses. Um, I was like, oh, I don't know about the money. I pay for my kids' tuition. I don't know about the time. I work full time. You know, I have to help my kids. I've got this, this, and that. So I had all those excuses. COVID took all of those excuses away from me. And even though I was unemployed, um, I did get unemployment. So when I got my unemployment check, the very first thing I decided to do was invest in myself. And I said, I think I checked my account like 6 a.m. that morning by 6.10. I had joined Impact Theory. I paid for the full year and I was ready to go because I really, really enjoyed Mindset 101. I never really consciously asked myself about what my narrative was. Why was my narrative hindering my progress? Like what was holding me up? So what I came to realize right before joining Impact Theory University was I asked myself a question that really was so important to me. It changed everything before I actually came into the community. And that was what did I want to say was my story on the other side of this. When COVID was over, when life so-called went back to normal, how did Delia show up in this? What would your kids say about what you did during this time? What did that process look like? And what did you do with it? Because now you've got all the time in the world to read every book that you said you didn't have time for. Now you've got all the time to do all these other things. You got time to go to the gym like crazy. What are you going to do? And what's that story going to be on the other side of it? So when I thought about what that story was on the other side of it, I had no choice but to start moving into that because I wasn't going to sit there and say, I just sat around and wasted time sitting in my yard mm -hmm. doing nothing. Like I just couldn't do that. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a big partier. I don't like, I'm a responsible mom. So yeah, that's what kind of took me into Impact Theory University and joining the accountability group, G uh, our GSD stars, Get Shit Done stars. That just, that flipped everything upside down for me because it was the first time I was around people who were positive, who were focused on their mindset, who were focused on changing their stories and showing up the, in, a, in the best way possible. My regular life, when they say the average of your five people, I don't have that necessarily in my life. I love people in my life, but can I talk about mindset with them? Not necessarily. Can I, you know, really be challenged and pushed to like dream bigger and go for bigger goals? Not really. 
everybody's bitching, whining, complaining, saying 2020 was the worst year ever. And I'm like, fuck that double barrel. Fuck that. I made that shit the best year ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm so hyped for 2021. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I got into um, Impact Theory University. You know, you just dropped so many golden nuggets there uh, as I was taking notes here. The word that I find. So I love what you said about 2020. You know, um, I tell and what I've said to people is, is 2020 is the year of choice. Choice is the most powerful world, a word when you talk to anybody that's made that shift in mindset or anything they want to do is choice. We have the power to choose. 2020 was the, the year of the choice. You can either become mm-hmm. COVID's bitch or you can make COVID it's your bitch. And mm-hmm. you're right for everyone, for every hundred people that say, oh, COVID did this and the government's trying to do a reset. And it's like, what about the other, the two or three that said, hey, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make some best fucking lemonade from this thing and, and go. So the power, you know, and, and so I have so many books and we're going to talk about books and, I, and almost every one of my podcasts I reference one book because it goes back to the power to choose or choice, which is Viktor Frankl's book, which is Man's Search of Meaning. So I have books everywhere in my house. I only keep one book on mm-hmm. my desk. And that is that book because it reminds me that I have a choice anytime. So mm-hmm. what that means is, is that for me, and I'm going to paraphrase this, is that it's not the circumstance that defines us, but how we choose to respond to that situation or circumstance mm-hmm. is what defines us. Mm-hmm. So I love how you talked about choice. I love how you talk about narrative because again, narrative is a choice. Narrative mm-hmm. is a story we accept. Narr- narrative is a choice that we make on the story that we want to write for ourselves. Um, we can rely on the last page of our narrative or we can mm-hmm. focus on today's page or tomorrow's page. And I love what you said about the, the you know, you're interested, but you weren't quite there. And that's that that's really is another thing between uh, for choice. You can either be interested or you can be committal. If you're mm-hmm. going to be interested, you're going to find excuses. Oh, I'm interested in losing weight. <laughs> right versus you're mm-hmm. committed yeah and and it really opens up a whole other world which is what happens first is it the motivation that happens first or is it the action and we all know it's the action first to keep you motivated versus that interest mm-hmm. so you threw a lot there and i was just trying to put it all together so yeah <laughs> i honestly um from sorry about the dog no problem <laughs> uh, no problem um, I think, uh, David Goggins is like one of those voices in my head constantly. Cause yeah. I'm like, I obsess with like how he goes hard. Like that is like, yes, let's do this. Right. And he actually changed, um, he changed the way I thought about motivation. He was like, motivation is shit. And I was like, why is he saying motivation is shit? Mm-hmm. And he was like, if you're waiting to be motivated to do, do the hard things, like we're never motivated really. And I was like, I guess like I'm more motivated to stay in bed. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm more motivated to say, uh, I've done enough, mm-hmm. but like that, I think the commitment you mentioned, um, commitment a few minutes ago. And I love what Dr. Benjamin Hardy says about commitment. He talks about commitment is a statement of what is he talks about commitment as a statement of what is. And when he says that, 
like you said, like if you if you say you're interested in losing weight, well, or you say you're interested in um, taking your business to the next level, well, what is happening? Because when you look at what's actually going on with your circumstances and your relationships and everything that's around you, those things reflect what you're actually committed to. Mm-hmm. If you're still holding on to the weight, you're committed to holding on to that weight. Mm-hmm. If you're still laying in bed when you were asked was supposed to get out of bed, you're committed to staying there. Mm-hmm. And motivation had nothing to do with it because you were motivated when you thought about it, but then your commitment showed that you stayed in there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like when I'm tired and it's 12:30 at night, I know I should be going to bed, but right now I got to get shit done. I'm committed to that. And that like me being able to see the things that I'm doing that shows the commitment that I have. I don't really, but I, I like having my head down and working. So mm-hmm. sorry if I got lost in the tangent. No, I, I love that. I love that. I mean, and you know, and that's so for me, I mean, I just, I just find ways like I'm so driven myself and people can say, well, you're obsessed. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I'm obsessed with my passions, not obsessed on the things that are going to kill me. Mm-hmm. You know who talked about obsession? Doctor, uh, I mean, not Doctor, Brendan Burchard on Impact Theory. Mm-hmm. He was like, everybody is all great when it's like passion, 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 passion. But he said, when you when people start saying you're obsessed, like, dude, you're getting a little too carried away. You're obsessed. He's like, that's when it's gold. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, when you, that's when you know. That's when you just get taken overdrive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's where I find is when you start, when you hit that point of healthy obsession, that's where the passion turns into it's almost the fa- it's almost like if you can envision like a, a a vehicle picking up speed someone like things are holding on to it like let's just say a little fly or bugs or whatever but you hit that hyper speed and nothing can hold on you're by yourself mm-hmm. and that's just the reality of healthy obsession it is a lonely fucking road like it because yeah. you because when you're that obsessed you can't have anybody hold you back true and it's tough it is tough because you see what you want but then are you ready to give leave something behind yeah i i kind of so i i had similar thoughts along that along that um recently because it's like the more committed i get to taking my business serious the more I devote myself to that the more I financially invest in that the more that I'm doing and doing and doing the more I realize that there's a lot and I think Diane mentioned this in in our meeting yesterday the more things the, the the further along you go the higher the levels you start taking you have to start saying no to some things and suddenly there's people like you don't quite relate and connect with people the same way Mm -hmm. and it's like it's crowded at the bottom but as we start climbing and climbing not everybody has that stamina Mm -hmm. right so you start realizing the the cloud is clearing a little bit and there's not as many people around as it was was maybe a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago maybe two months ago Mm -hmm. so it's like well who's really still playing ball with me right now you start looking around like who's still in this shit and then you're like oh okay you're still in it but my full-on committed my my full-on commitment to the accountability group that we have and seeing each other grow mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. When I tell them I will drag your fucking ass across that line, mm-hmm. I mean it mm-hmm. because you've told me what your dream was. You've told me what your goals were. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're putting in the work, but we all fall a little bit short on that shit sometimes. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to hit your ass up and be like, yo, you said this is what was going on. I don't see you by my side. What's up? Like, let me pull your ass up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. what we have to do because I know maybe every day I'm not at 100%. Ring me the hell up, call my ass out mm-hmm. and and let me make sure that I catch my steps up with you. So we're still going together because I do believe in co-elevation, but I also realize not everybody's in that at that level with you and not mm-hmm. everybody's willing to go the, the long distance. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to have that community that wants to go that distance with you. That's mm-hmm. like you want some ride or die. Like I know you're about your shit, Mark you better know I'm about my shit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, cleaners clean with cleaners, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? Um, And it's tough because, and I I totally get you because on one one side, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to drag you across the finish line. But there are people that have no interest on crossing crossing the finish line. They say they want to, but they're not putting in the action. It's like this, um, this Trojan horse effect. I just made that up, which is like, they're there and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to help. I'm going to bring them. But all they are is they are, they, they're just no offense to just dead weight. Mm-hmm. And what oh, happens- you sniff them out and you let them go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough. Like it, 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 it's tough because you're going to have people in your family. You're going to have friends. Um, you know, I, I, I know you saw that video that I was posted. I was just recently posted on YouTube of, of, mm-hmm. you know, the demons I've, I've, I faced along my way. And, you know, I, in that video talks about how I killed seven people, but it doesn't talk about the eighth person that I killed, which was my old self. Mm. Because I said, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm. I can't do this anymore. People have asked me, are you scared? Are, you know, are, are you scared to be alone? I go, I'm already alone. I'm already alone. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a decision I had to make. I'm already alone in my, in between my ears. Um, because I have just given too much for others to sacrifice where I wanted to be, where now I have to be alone. Um, and, and I know that if I am intentional with my three things, the three things that mean a lot to me that have my passions, right? So number one, and we talked about this yesterday is number one is I love money. Mm-hmm. People will say, Hey, money's like, again, it's their own reality of how they view money. Oh, he's greedy. He just wants to make lots of money. No, the intrinsic, mal- the intrinsic value for money for me is a control I have over time. And that comes from the psychology of money. Fantastic book. The second passion mm-hmm. I have is I love helping other people make money. So when I hear, when I hear like yourself getting what an amazing role you have at Impact Theory and doing the, the writing now for Tom and his interviews, and that, that makes me, that inspires me because I'm there on the Sunday morning calls and I'm seeing your growth. And the third thing that gets me going every day is inspiring and motivating others. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it doesn't, if that doesn't fit and someone can't be on that journey, I'm going to, I'm going to just pull the bus to the side and saying, here's your stop. Yep. That was one of the biggest things that the get shit done stars helped me with because I felt like such an imposter in the beginning. I felt like I didn't belong with these people. I didn't even have a goal. I didn't have a thought. I was still in the fog trying to come out of it. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it until I was listening to one of the live calls with Tom when he talked about 
living by a certain rules and having your personal values. And I was like, I've thought I have morals. I'm an ethical person, but I never thought about specifically what were my values? Mm -hmm. What did I really value? And being around my accountability group helped me realize what I did value. It was like, what is it that I value about being around these people? Mm -hmm. Why is it that I can thrive? I feel like I thrive in this environment here. And it helped me come up with my three values. And that was energy, inspiration, and encouragement. It's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. I want to be energized from my encounter with you. I want to be energized from whatever projects I take on. Mm -hmm. I need to be encouraged and I need to give encouragement. And I want to be inspired. And I also want to inspire. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't meet all three, it can't stay. Mm -hmm. It's got to go. There's no room for it. So I started running that as my filter for everything, every, every appointment I agree to, every meeting I agree to, every project I take on, if it doesn't energize, inspire, or encourage me, not one or the two, not two of the three, it has to be all of them. If it doesn't do all of them for me, then it has to go. And I don't have any, I'm not sorry about it mm-hmm. because I don't, that's, those are my values. That's what I value. Mm-hmm. And I only wish I had those values at a lot earlier of an age. Like mm-hmm. we all do. We wish we knew them what we know now. Sure. I didn't, but if I did, I probably wouldn't have my kids. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have them and I love them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, so true. I mean, again, what you're saying, there's so much power in that. Like I, I, I could go back and saying, I wish I could have done, a, you know, and I, I look back at the, at my journey and I wouldn't change it for the world. I needed. I needed those rock bottom moments. I needed all of that to create who I am today. I'm a firm believer is instead of searching for who you are, you got to create who you want to be. Um, you know, and you know, you said something again, everything you're saying is so powerful, but you took your EI and you went and made a decision to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. 99% of 99.99% of people, won't do that what why did you invest in yourself and why do you feel others don't invest in themselves i invested in myself because i was i was fed up with where i was and who i was um at that time before being laid off i was depressed i was just not a happy person. Like I have joy with my kids and I don't know how to hold that, that paradox together. Like, I don't know how to hold that together, but I was happy with my kids. I love my kids. I feel Mm -hmm. joy with my kids, but individually as a woman, I was completely destroyed and I just didn't have any real true happiness in my life. Like I would take the long ride home, just cry. Mm -hmm. Like I would literally cry in my car driving through fucking Bucks County somewhere, just taking my time home because I just needed to get it out before I got home. So I could put a smile on my face and try to let my kids know I'm okay. So they can be okay. Mm -hmm. And I was satisfied with just, um, I just got to do the best I can to get them to be decent human beings and Mm -hmm. adults. So then they can live their life. And then I can just be left with the destruction of mine. And I was tired of that Mm -hmm. because I, I think I feel like there's more, I I have more. I had a, when I was younger, 
there was a spark in me and I was always that girl on the fucking grind. I was always hustling. I always had money. I worked my ass off. I've been in places where I've created my own positions and created my value. Mm -hmm. I've been in places where they won't, they maybe the business didn't have money to pay the rest of the staff, but they paid me first because they valued my service for them. Mm -hmm. I've been trusted with $30,000, cash to go and pay, you know, rent for our building. When I was the um, office manager at a club in Philadelphia, it was a large club venue on Delaware Avenue. Those things don't just get trusted with anybody. Mm -hmm. I've been at workplaces and corporate offices for University of Penn where the director looked at me and said, you got a fire in your belly. And I like, I like you. Mm -hmm. Like, I like your spark. And I'm like, cool but I lost it. So for me to invest in myself was because I was tired of being where I was mm -hmm. and I wanted to make something happen mm -hmm. because I felt like I should make something happen. And I've always been into learning. I'm addicted to learning. <laughs> I'm addicted to that whole area. And I, like I said, I've been following Tom since 2017. So I've always been interested in what are other people doing? How are they succeeding? Mm -hmm. what is it like there's no difference between me and Elon Musk not to say that I'm on his level but to say that there's nothing he's doing that I can't fucking do choice there's nothing Oprah's doing that I can't do her choice yeah your choice all choice I can't I can't do what Beyonce does because y'all don't want to hear me singing and I damn sure don't have the skills dancing like that but you know when you look at what other people are doing that are successful the reality is you're not that much smarter than me there's nothing physically different that needs to, uh, that I need to have. And does it really come down to just like where I live at? Does it really come down to just like my opportunities and the resources that are available to me? I'm a girl from Philly. Like, it, does it come down to that? Mm -hmm. Because Will Smith made it out of Philly. Jill Scott made it out of Philly. The roots are big as shit out of Philly. So it can't be that other people are doing it. Mm -hmm. Why not me? Mm -hmm. So I just think I need, I knew that I was missing some kind of a, a skill. I'm, I was missing something in my mind and I just needed it. Mm -hmm. So I decided to invest in myself for that. And I think um, why other people don't invest in themselves. I think because the stories that we tell ourselves are so fucking heavy that there is, there is a heavier shade over some people than others. Mm -hmm. And part of, Part of the legacy that I would leave behind in this world is to create Elevate Your Future. I initially thought of Elevate Your Future as a high school program for juniors and seniors where I can teach them mindset, financial literacy, and how to create their future self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have since then put that on hold so that I could start the written podcast agency because I feel that that would be more of a catalyst to get me in a position and... Um, give me more skills so that I can make Elevate Your Future a more mm -hmm. successful program. So it's on hold for that moment. But since then, I've also thought, you know what? I can't leave it to just high school seniors and juniors. I want to create a single mom initiative under Elevate Your Future. I mm -hmm. want single moms that are in Philadelphia and whatever part of the world you're in, become a real estate investor. I don't even want you to buy your first home. My girlfriends that I'm friends with, don't buy a home. Why are you going to buy a home just for yourself? Buy a, a multifamily investment property, have that second unit pay for your rent. You work full time, mm -hmm. live rent free. 
-hmm. Get a lease of property that has two more units. You're already living in an apartment. Just continue living like you're living in an apartment, but you own this shit. And then we can sit there and talk about how you can invest and move on forward. Sure. I want to help people and I want to teach them the same things, mindset, financial literacy, and creating your future self. People don't think they're worth the investment, I think. And it's sad because they were never told. I would. I, I've been fortunate. I can't say that my family never told me I was worth the, I wasn't worth the investment. My dad has a master's degree. It's not like I come mm-hmm. from like a piss poor family. I don't. But at the same time, being in Philly, you fall to the wayside and I don't come from a family that's paying for my college tuition either. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're left to your own to figure that type of shit out. Right. So, yeah. And, oh, you know, it's, um, in, environment is critical. Environment is something that more than than not, like we, we have the power to choose to change that environment. Um, so when we talk about environment, that could be, I'm not talking about environment like, like Greenpeace and that. I'm talking about the environment that we put ourselves into. It could be the music we listen to, the books we choose to read or decide not to read, what we mm-hmm. watch on television. That all is part of our story that we take in from someone else and we actually take those little bits as almost like nutrition and we put them into our narrative. Um, and I think that's what, like you said, a lot of people don't, don't feel like they're not worthy of it. But I think at the same time, it's the worthiness is not investing in themselves. The worthiness is, is saying, I can change this. I can change this. Um the, I go by the seven two mindset investor, um, and the reason I go by the seven two mindset investor is the seven two is the worst possible hand in poker. Mm-hmm. In poker, you have you know you can't control the hands you're dealt, but you can control how you play that hand. Life, same thing goes, right? You can't control the hand you're dealt, but you can control how you play that hand. Um, is there a moment, one specific moment you can think of, was where you were dealt a bad hand, and you said, "Fuck this, I'm playing this motherfucker." That's been since my childhood. <laughs> um, in, in Philadelphia coming up in, in Philly, we came up through the 80s and 90s. Drugs were popping. Mm-hmm. Everybody around me was on drugs, mm-hmm. including my family. Mm-hmm. And that bad hand, um, you know, there's there's... Nathan often says we're already born with the inside of us. We were already mm-hmm. given our power and our light. And he talks about the golden Buddha and how it was covered. And you just forget that it was a golden Buddha under here. It was mm-hmm. just covered by mud and all this shit that happens, right? Well, I've always intuitively known. So when Nathan's advice to me, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about this out loud now. He's always says, stop saying you don't know because you do know. And he's right. I do. I always have known. Because as a child growing up, in that environment, that fucked up hand, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of decisions that could have been made. Mm -hmm. I could have been pregnant as a teenager. Um, I could have decided to follow my family's footsteps and and tamper with drugs, alcohol, all these things. You know, there's a lot of decisions to be made, but the hand I decided to play with my family, I've always been the one to sit back and say, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't like that character. Mm-hmm. I don't like that personality. I don't respect that. And eight, nine, 10 years old, I'm talking. I was always a deep thinker. 
I always wrote. I was always a writer, even at eight, nine years old. And I always knew I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. So my de- my the bad hand I was dealt was the hand that made me strong as fuck. Absolutely. I just, I never went back and I just, it's my strength. So I, I ran across people that talk about rewriting your, your, your past. My past is kind of twisted and fucked up, but let me tell you something. It's why this girl can stand on her own too. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love that about me. Mm-hmm. I don't buckle and fall under pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not phased. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not ever intimidated by men. I can be around men that are powerful but i was raised by powerful men so i'm not intimidated to be in their space mm-hmm. and i feel like i deserve to be there so mm-hmm. that's the bad hand i was dealt made me the best person love it well you chose to play that right um and i say this you know with my high ticket sales background people ask me what was what's your what's your your most memorable sale and i said it was a sale i lost yeah it was a sale lost that's I lost, you know, I think it was $120,000 deal to let me amount to $83 million in sales. I needed that. Mm-hmm. I needed that. So, wow. I, I, I knew this was going to be awesome, but just, man, my wheels are turning. Um, So let's let's let the world know. I mean, we, we, we just, yesterday we were talking on an accountability call and mm-hmm. uh, Diane, you know, bless her, bless her heart. And, uh, you know, we were talking and, about something on there and I you know I've been thinking in my mind about writing my next book and talking about um you know when we think about when people work out for example um and you know the old the one way is you can go sprint for example and but the problem with sprinting is it's not sustainable okay Mm -hmm. Our, our bodies will break down um but if you decide to run a marathon, you're not going to get the same level of, let's just say, fat loss, if we're using fat loss as an example. So there's this program that's called High Intensity Interval Training, which is creating short bursts so that when you're sleeping, your metabolism is already at work. Um, and if you look at working out as a whole, the muscle does not grow at when you're exercising. It grows when you're recovering. Mm-hmm. That's why we say sleep is so important. That's why we say recovery is so important. Mm-hmm. Mindset, the same thing, because with the mindset, as you open this next door and it gets very tiring for people, like they don't maybe don't see it when you start, your brain is utilizing so much fucking energy to pop those neurons to go because now you're learning again. Um, mm-hmm. You can someone can get burnt out with that as well if they're putting in because it's going to be borderline insanity because the way yep. the brain's working and that kind of stuff. So we were talking on this on this on this call yesterday where I believe in these short bursts where you do a sprint of mindset, you got to soak it in, mm-hmm. do your little plateau and then go at it again. And it was mm-hmm. Diane said hit for the mind. Mhm. Yep. It makes sense because like, well, <laughs> when we were talking about that yesterday, I was I I had a conversation with Bray before and she said, "You always go hard and then you crash and then you go hard and then you crash, but you always get back up and you go hard again. And I'm like, I, I, I go so I can't go. And then I'm like, all right, I got mm-hmm. to like crash and I'm out of commission maybe for a couple of days, but then it's like right back at it again. That's it. Like that's it. And I think I shared that, um, the masterclass I took on grit with, uh, Stephen Cutler, mm-hmm. he talked about training up the six parts of grit. And the six parts he talked about was persistence, thought control, being your best at your worst, 
even when you're at your worst. I love that part. And um, training your weaknesses, confronting your fears. And the last one was recovery. Mm-hmm. And he says, you cannot go long-term without an active recovery, like routine. You have to have recovery. And it, I'm a heavy weight trainer. Like I love training with weights. Recovery is necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you cannot do it without, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can just keep going. Even if you go to the gym seven days a week, you're alternating your upper, your lower body. You're mm-hmm. not working the same muscle seven days a week. Not possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is possible, but you know, not for normal people that are not enhanced. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's so critical. I mean, and that's, that's the thing with anything that we do, whether it's a short burst, but then we have, so it's like, if you, if there's 24 hours in a day, you're not going to be working out 24 hours a day. You're going to work out an hour a day, and then you're going to use the next 23 hours to recover. Make sure your mm-hmm. nutrition sound, making sure your hydration sound, making sure you're resting and that, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I did a, I did a, uh, a video on, um, on what I, it's called the aura ring, which I wear on my index finger mm-hmm. and the aura ring. Uh, what intrigued me about the Aura Ring was, as a high-performance individual, I need to know what the data was versus being subjective. I need objective data in that when I wake up in the morning, how do I feel? Am I ready to take on some heavy tasks? What it is. And what I love about the Aura Ring, the Aura Ring, it it, it measures while you're sleeping your um, heart rate uh, variability. It measures your level of readiness and your sleep score. So in the morning, it actually tells me how my day is going to go before that based on my recovery. So then I could push mm-hmm. my heavy lifting earlier in a day. When I talk about heavy lifting, I'm talking, could be the workout. It could be mm-hmm. the, um, the heavy lifting of my brain mm-hmm. and by four o'clock. I'm ready to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Even this morning I was going hard as hell and I, my, I was happy. My son is 15. He actually says he wanted to start running this week. And I was like, cool. Uh, he starts class at eight o'clock. So I was like, well, seven o'clock we'll go for a run. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go for a run. I was like, he's not going to get his ass up. Mm-hmm. And I went and knocked on his door. I'm like, no, it's seven o'clock. Let's go. And he's like, all right. I was like, all right. Okay. Let's go. So it was a night, but it, I, I said, that just to say it was a nice break because I had already been working for three hours, but for me to stop working and go for a run, it actually was really, really good. Yeah. I came back and I was able to just like really plug away at the work and my energy levels were up. It was a, it was a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. And you know what I, what I find as well is I'm not sure if you noticed, but uh, Sean Perry talks about this, um, did a, did a podcast with her. She's just a remarkable woman. And, you know, they say if you want to do some high level thinking or high level activities, do mm-hmm. it standing up and do it walking around because mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're using all encompassing your brain because now you're not just using a certain part of your brain that's for that part of thinking or that type of skill. Mm-hmm. It forces you to use other parts of the brain, which then tap into your creative self. Exactly. And I, I think we talked about this on our on when you were on my podcast. We talked about you taking your walks and sometimes you even do your meetings like while you're while you're walking. Like the I start so I I had this from I stole this from somebody else, but taking a BS walk not bullshit walk, but a brainstorm walk, like just a 10 minute walk, like intentionally taking like a thought or something you're thinking about, like a problem you have, like you're like, not quite sure about this, just taking that particular thought with you for a 10 minute risk walk, mm-hmm. man, it's great. <laughs> you just like, it just gets your thoughts falling. Sorry to cut you off. 
No, I think this is this is and these are the things that I want that we're going to put into this book and it's going to be mm -hmm. one of those books and you know acknowledgments I know we're going to be thinking Tom and Impact Theory for the for for like for the inspiration and the motivation and Diane Lucy and Diane, of course, the whole the whole Diane. DSD and be a yes. badass right um <laughs> and and that's what excites me about that is like and, and Diane said it best like you know, and of course, I have the ultimate bias because this is this is our project. But I think it's pretty cool that there's a way to look at how to exercise the mind versus just how, mm -hmm. is, how do I go at this? How do I, you know, into small things, right? Like mm -hmm. simple journaling is part of the hit. Gratitude mm -hmm. is part of hit. Affirmations mm -hmm. are part of hit. All it is, it's a different exercise. Whether I'm jumping mm -hmm. on a bike, whether I'm jumping on a treadmill, whether I'm going for a swim, I'm just using different exercises to, mm. to train my body. Yeah. And just a different, the, the perspective shift, because so many people feel defeated when they, they want to go, but they just can't go, but for so long. And then they feel like they're failing themselves or they feel like, oh, you know, I just had like a bum week or it was a lazy week. Like, no, like use that. That's your recovery week. That's fine get your ass back up and do it, do it again. Like, don't just keep falling off. Well, that, you, oh, absolutely. And that's how I think someone stays motivated too, is because it's like when someone wants to learn how to start running, what they'll typically say is, well, this is what someone told me, which is mm -hmm. run, you know, run for 10 minutes, take a two minute walk, run for 10 minutes, take a two minute walk and just set that up in a, in a certain way. Um, versus running and you're like, well, how do I know when I'm going to stop and that kind of stuff. So all you're doing is it's a game of inches. It's like what, you know, uh, it's like mm -hmm. climbing a mountain. You're just taking one. It's just that one at a time that one. So take those short bursts, mm -hmm. um, hit training. You can either go on a treadmill and go hard for a minute, take a 30 second break, or you can go hard for 30 seconds and take a two minute walk. But at least mm -hmm. you're doing something. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's actually more effective than just staying steady pace. It's more effective than just going hard for 10 minutes straight or just going slow for 10 minutes straight, doing the two minutes on one minute off. It's so much more effective, like even physically, there's science to back that. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about um, oscillations. When you think of like oscillate, I'm, I'm a math geek, I'm sorry. I think no, of I oscillations. I'm thinking of sine, cosine, like there's all these oscillating graphs in, um, in the same house. And I were talking about EKGs at one point because mm -hmm. of like, you just experience these big ups and you experience those dips and then you're up and down. But I think the, um, the science that's behind hit training being more effective than just steady pace training. That's, I think that's where the goal is at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? If we were to take a graph, you're going to see the oscillations. As long as the oscillations, you're going to have your, as long as you're moving up, just like climbing Everest, you're going to have to go through some deep valleys to reach to the top. Mm -hmm. And that's the highest, the tallest mountain in the world. So um, as we come to a close here, because I can't wait, we're going to, there's so much. This is fucking just crazy. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um, the tombstone question. Mm -hmm. The tombstone question is the question I ask all my guests, which is, you know, when the day we meet the maker, we won't be able to, we won't decide what's going to be written on our tombstone, but someone else will. What will be written on your tombstone? Hmm. I think what I would hope would be written on my tombstone 
is you still feel that fucking energy, don't you? <laughs> I love that. I got so much energy, even when I'm going, if I knew you, if I met you, if I got a chance to be around you, I want you to still feel that fucking energy. I love it. I love it. It's oh, off the chart. <laughs> oh, I know. I know on our accountability calls at seven o'clock in the morning. I know. <laughs> Your fire is on, right? Uh, I know. So that's the Sunday yeah. mornings. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. Delia, how, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Um, Facebook, it's Delia Peterson. Uh, and on Instagram is delia.say.what. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. I honestly check Facebook probably more than Instagram. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah. And you can also check out between the highlights. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna put all that in. and and for those of you listening and watching, you have to check out Delia's um uh podcast. I what I love about Delia's podcast is that so for example, in this podcast here we're having a conversation, but I love her show notes because her show notes bring in the data. And for example, here we're talking, we're, we're referencing books, we're referencing different moments. Dahlia goes and gets, does the research and she brings that data to you. So then mm -hmm. you, it, it's in front of you. And then if you want to cross reference that, you want to bring that and look for that citation yourself, it's there for you. So very, very unique um, and a phenomenal writer. Um, mm -hmm. And let's let the world know. I mean, now you're doing some writing for Tom, right? I mean, in, in impact theory, I think that's pretty phenomenal that's that's exciting and the the whole plan for the written podcast agency is to honestly just take over the whole industry i want to change the way podcasts and youtube channels interact with their guests um and interact with their audience because the biggest joy for me having you on my show um was to be able to highlight you in the blog following it because you say so many good things and you share your story and you get vulnerable but I think the best compliment is to be able to say, these are things that he's saying, but this is a way to compliment with some more additional experts on top of that to compliment that what he's saying, there's validity there. And it's a way to honor my guests, but also just for your audience to have a way to bring in additional resources so they can travel deeper onto certain topics and see, learn for themselves because we all got to learn for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not, I, I don't do anything for spiritual entertainment, not about that life get shit done and you just do it that's all but <laughs> i love it i love it delia thank you so much this was just amazing and i can't wait for us to you know and i, I have some ideas you know when we're, when we're writing on the content on the book we could do some brainstorming we can come on the show maybe we'll do a live and people can just and just let's get the creative juices going so diane thank you so much i have to give her yeah, a shout out because that, that topic uh, that title um this is a show. She's always starting stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's uh, for those th for those people have to join us on our seven seven a.m. calls. I mean, there's there's stuff happening there. Uh, I want to say uh, a shout out to the whole GSD group, uh, which is just phenomenal. Impact Theory, Impact Theory University. Um, you know, Ambra, of course. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Tom, of course, Lisa. Um, so many amazing people. So many amazing people. So thanks again, Delia. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you more. <laughs>